Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. Um, so quick life update for me. I am currently not drinking. I don't drink between January and June every year. Uh, it's a way of self-discipline and self-control and just focusing on kind of my career goals or New Year's resolutions or what I want to strive for for the year. So I try to use the first six months to not drink and it takes a lot of self-control and self-discipline. But, you know, I do it every year. I've been doing it for the past three years and it is a struggle. Like a day today, I would love to drink a glass of wine, but here we are with the bottle of water. <laughs> so that is my lesson for this week is that when times get rough, don't give in to temptation and just kind of stick stick to the course of uh, your goal. And so that's a quick life update for me and what's going on in my world. But let's get into today's episode. This week's guest is Black excellence, in my opinion. <laughs> he is an entrepreneur and partner at The Tenth, a creative multimedia agency that boasts an extensive wheelhouse of services, both online and offline. One of his agency's curated event productions is the newly formed partnership with Duce and Rock Nation, Duce Palooza, previously known as Henny Palooza. <laughs> Prior to Cam's time as an entrepreneur, he worked on Wall Street at Disney Interactive and within Hearst Magazine's men's group and the Daily Beast. Excellence, excellence, excellence. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. That was a, that was an intro. That was quite I, an intro. I try to get the intros was right, that, okay? That was like my LinkedIn page. Yeah, almost. little. I did a little LinkedIn. <laughs> I did a little LinkedIn Googling. You know, yeah. I didn't want to be like, not prepared yeah. to make you know show the black no, excellence that, that you're giving. That so was impressive. yeah, so I like to start off the conversation about like what is your deepest fear. Mm-hmm. So let us know. I know you, and then you reached out to me. You emailed me, and I was kind of perplexed at your response. So mm-hmm. I would love to like delve in deeper as into what your deepest fear is and like where that developed. My deepest fear is my potential. Um, I say that and not in the way that you would think. Um, I've always been scared of my potential because it was kind of always something to rest my laurels on. Because as a kid, like I was, I was a bright boy. I, I skipped fifth grade. Like I did a lot of stuff when I was young. So I was always told, you know, as we tend to tell children, you have a ton of potential. And so mm. I always thought, okay, as long as I have that, I'll be good. Like I don't necessarily have to do my best, you know, at things I don't necessarily have to work hard. I don't necessarily mm. have to try my hardest. So I'm really scared of my potential and having as much as I did, like I could literally do things last minute, mm. do things, you know, part of my language, half ass and still, you know, get good results. But, you know, in order to be great, I had to go and actually realize my potential, which I've kind of been on that journey for like, say like past two or three years. But um, yeah, that's my biggest fear is always my potential because that to me just breeds complacency mm-hmm. and also you know, always having an excuse for something, you know, and always having reason, like my potential, you know? So that's why I said that. Like, so, so I guess it's just kind of like not realizing my potential mm. in a sense. So, um, yeah, that's my biggest fear. And it's, it's been, it's been like that since I was a child. Okay. Do you feel like you're now that you're at, this point in your journey that you're realizing your potential or do you still feel like at times you're you're wondering if 
is this enough? You know? Yeah. I mean, constantly, I'm always wondering. Um, I always feel like I'm the guy that like I'm not doing enough, but then I have like these stretches of like just pure laziness and like mm. lulls. And I've been trying so it's the hardest habit to break. So I've been trying to break that habit now again, like two, three years of just like, you know, if I'm having, I'll take a day, you know, if I need a day to mm-hmm. myself, I'll take a day and do nothing. But I need, even if I'm doing nothing, I need to be doing something. Like I need to be enriching myself somehow, you know, whether it's reading a book or going to the gym or, you know, meditating, think anything. Like I just need to be doing something to enrich as opposed to just, you know, existing or like just right. like chilling, you know? So for me, it's, it's a constant. It's like, it's an everyday thing. Like, am I doing enough? And, you know, we all go through it. There's days when I'm super motivated and there's days I'm not motivated at all. So I'm just trying to find a consistency and a balance of all of these emotions and kind of like the work that I'm doing now. Obviously, I love what I do, but, you know, it it causes for some gaps and some and some lapses and um, and concentration and just trying to, like, really figure it out. Do you feel that you're more afraid of idle time Um, in that? fear of being lazy or procrastination and like I have too much idle time so like yeah I may be falling behind Mm -hmm. or something like that and the thing is I'm I'm surrounded by so many workers you know and so many like people who like bust their ass consistently that I'm like you know I that's like my motivation like I can I can literally be in one of those lulls or like I idle as you will and you know one of my friends just you know signed a major like book deal Mm -hmm. or you know or like someone just like my boy just did um he just released a book out in LA and like mm-hmm. he he's he's been talking about this book for like 3 years and I'm just like holy shit you you did it right. you know like that's cool like you really and like what am I doing like you know I'm just sitting on my couch What do you mean so, you just you yeah. worked a major deal like a partnership what do you I mean you're not doing nothing <laughs> but that but you know things like that things like that drive me and they push me to like get out of those lulls so I think for me, for me now, it's just like, like we said, like the constant battle and the back and forth and just trying to find like consistency and like consistent energy. Right. So then I guess, how do you define yourself? Like where you are now versus mm-hmm. who you were prior to walking in your purpose? Mm-hmm. I think that I am just now, um, I'm like, I'm scratching the surface. Like mm-hmm. I'm literally just starting to become who it is that I'm supposed to be. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm 32. I've learned a ton in my 32 years. And I think that for me, my life has been the like epitome of trial and error. Mm. Like everything has been trial and error. Like I've, I am the guy who just does it. And if it works, awesome. Guys, I, I got something that works. If it doesn't, cool. Go back to the drawing board. But my entire life, like, even the way I like I picked college was trial and error you Mm. know so for me I think now I kind of got it figured out like I'm starting to figure out the life thing a little bit you know and I just came from a really introspective place of just being starting to be really honest with myself Mm. and you know about myself and so then for me now I'm just like I feel like I'm I'm in a really really good place but it feels like it's I'm like at the beginning it's like I'm at the start of this place and you know like I can I can see like what my purpose is now I can see like what kind of legacy I'm going to leave behind and you know just like I can see kind of what you know like my parents saw for me right like you know years ago and like just growing up and kind of figuring it out along the way now I think that I'm just like right there and like it's just getting good yeah were there outside factors that affected you seeing kind of clear 
clearly where you are, who you are? Yeah. Um, is it from kind of like your childhood or, you know, your upbringing? You, yeah. you grew up here in New York, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I mean, my, it's, it's a bunch of factors. Mm-hmm. I think, um, anyone who knows me knows I'm, I'm a huge family man. Like, I'm, my, my parents have been together 41 years. Okay. Um, I'm Black the youngest love. of three. Right. <laughs> Black love. They give me hope. They give me hope. And it's, so like, so, you know, seeing that growing up, like played a huge factor because most of my friends either were with their dad or with their mom. You, right. Rarely both, you know, so that was a dynamic to it. And then for me, like I was, I was smart, right. you know, and so back then smart wasn't cool. Like, you know, <laughs> so like I had to almost like dummy down my personality and like you know my intelligence to like just be cool and to hang and like you know and to and to fit into and to fit into stuff so that really like bothered me Mm. in school and then um you know my my release was always sports so i played football all the way up and through college and then i got hurt and that's what kind of shifted my entire like life if you will like right. because like my my life up until then was sport and then i so i really had no purpose it's like i want to be an athlete i want to do this you like, wanted this to was, be like a professional yeah that was player. my that was my love like that was my that was the first thing i fell in love with was football and so then i kind of started my journey of self-discovery and when i was maybe 20 so you know mm-hmm. like i finished school i went and got the good job i did all that stuff and like and, I, and to me like when i was maybe 26 27 thought I was on top of the world. Like I was making mm-hmm. six figures at my own place. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I had the girl I thought I was going to marry at the time. So, you know, like I was living and then it just stopped and it crashed. And that's now I, I enter like this. I don't even call it a dark place. It was just like the real, mm. the real, I guess like mirror moment for me. Like this is who I, this is who I am. I need to be honest with myself about all of these things. And now, push forward you know did that happen through just age and time like entering your 30s because you know they say that thing about like oh you hit 30 and then all yeah. of a sudden all these things just fall into place yeah. and you know like all the things you were doing in your 20s was mm-hmm. like oh that i'm good on that like mm-hmm. that was cool that was cute i, I learned from it but now we're moving forward yeah. and like all of these pieces are connecting now as into who you you know want to be yeah it was a, it was part age it was also part experience you know like i I was just doing so much and like almost too much Mm -hmm. that when things stopped working for me and like I, you know, I hit a log, I fired and then that's what really like spun it for me. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, um, I got fired from Condé Nast. And so then. And that was your last. No, that that was my, that was my first. That was actually my second gig in advertising. Okay. So I was, um, I was at Women's Wear Daily. I was the. What was the name of that title? It was such a like fluffy ass title <laughs> that meant nothing. But um, I was like the director of digital development or some shit like that. And um, you know, I got fired from there and I was devastated. I didn't have a job for seven months, mm. you know, because um I had gotten I gotten fired, but in the process, my boss had also blackballed me. Mm. So, so you were interviewing at places exactly. and they, they were like, nah. No. So I and like imagine I was I was interviewing everywhere like anyone who would take me like anyone who would just take the interview so um i luckily got into disney and then um from there you know started making my way back and like how was that like you know when you were at that pit bar you felt like you were at a low moment how Mm -hmm. was you know navigating that coming 
being a man, mm-hmm. one, and being able to be like, I need to provide for my household. Yeah. Just in general, those are like the innate, yeah. you know, factors of being a man. But then also feeling like there's this, all of these doors are continuously mm-hmm. being blocked. It was very humbling. Um, this was really my first time dealing with rejection. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Like dealing with no and like, you know, not being good enough, you know, so, or not being perceived as being good enough. So for me, I literally took that time. I was like, I'm just going to strip everything bare bones because I have to build this back up, you know, the right way. So for me, it was very humbling. I did a lot of, um, I did a lot of reading. Mm. Um, I, I picked up meditation actually during that time. I started um, exercising regularly, running, because I was like, I need to like just start changing, like. Centering yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that was, that was a very, very humbling time. And I've actually, I'm so thankful for it now. Because I'm not sure that with everything that's happening now that I would be equipped to handle it, it had I not gone through that pitfall. You know, that I, I always tell people like that was the most pivotal time of my life. I don't think I'll ever have a time as pivotal as that. I'll, I'm sure I'll have moments, but I don't think I'll ever have a period of time, which was between, I'd say, 2012 and 2015. Mm. And so transitioning out of you know, the nine to five mm-hmm. to uh, fully work on entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. What made you say, okay, I'm not living up to the potential that I'm yep. expecting of myself yep. versus everyone else's potential and how they perceive me yep. to, to move, you know, it, it was, it was, um, it was, a, it was a very, very interesting like decision because I wasn't a hundred percent on it, but, um, because when I left corporate, like all intents and purposes, I was a man in digital. Like I, me and my boss, like we, because I followed my my old boss from Esquire oh, okay. to Daily Beast, and when I left, uh, when we when I left Esquire, maybe two months after him, he um he's like, yo, I, I want you over here. Uh, this is the role, which was national sales director at the time. So I was like, holy shit. Right. Like I'm I literally just turned 30 and I was like, "Oh shit." Like Yeah, 100%. And he was like, "You know like what's it going to take in salary for you to come?" I was like, "You already know what I make." So, he's like, "Yeah, I I can double that." And I'm like, "Yeah." Money talks, right. people. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, like, you know, who wouldn't, you know? Right. So then so then I went over there and we, you know, we we did a ton of did a ton of good business and like we were setting it on fire for like the first three months but as i was doing it i'm like I'm, i had this internal struggle because i'm mm-hmm. sitting here like you know i'm doing all of this for someone else's bottom line <laughs> preach you know? and that's and the thing it's it's such a it's such a bittersweet thing having a quote-unquote good job because you know, you, you can do all the things you would want to do, you know, or that you think you would want to do. You know, you can buy whatever you want to buy and live comfortably. You can live how you want to live, you know, but you're still kind of always responding to the bell that someone else is. The goals and right. objectives and their metrics. Right. KPIs, that all year. that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you're, you're still doing that. But it, I, I literally sat with myself and said, what if I did this for me? Because even though at that point I was really good at what I was doing, I I was only really enjoying the people. Like I wasn't enjoying the work. And that's typically what mm-hmm. the workforce is. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy the people that I work with. Yeah. But mm-hmm. am I truly like 
passionate and like enjoy the work that no, I'm doing. I was like, what do, and so I, I had a very honest conversation with my mom, mm-hmm. um, who was just the most like, my mother just has the best perspective of everything. She's so Shout simple. out to black moms. Yo, okay? for real. The wisdom is real. She just makes everything sound so simple. Cause you know, in my mind, this is so complicated. Like, I don't know. She's like, what do you like? Like, what do you enjoy in life? And I was like, mom, you know, I love, I love people. Like I love fun and I love stories. She's like, so go do that. Like, whatever that is, however that pans out for you, go do it. And it just so happened at the time, you know, that we had Henny Palooza. Mm-hmm. And it was just starting to pop off. So, like, we were doing, I want to say, The Wicked Well. This was 2015. We were doing The Wicked Well. And we were outgrowing that space. I'm like, okay. Like, what if I could do this regularly or like really put some like actual effort into this and that's where it started like literally august of 2015 mm. i left the daily beast and i just was like we're gonna do this and <laughs> we went on tour that fall we went to uh we, we started in new york um at the end of summer and then we went houston atlanta dc la and that's where the, the tour was born um, at the end of 2015. And I didn't know, I had no idea that I would be here. Like, honestly, I was like, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a year. I was like, I'm going to give it a year. And if I'm cool after a year, I'm going to keep going. If it don't work out, I'm going back. Like, I'm going back to corporate. So I gave myself a year. And within that year of just dedicating 100% of my time to what I wanted to do, it took off. Yeah. It took off. And- I think it's so it's so fun because like as I was doing it, like people could see my passion coming out and people could see that I literally enjoyed what I was doing. I literally enjoyed doing it with my friends. And I think that that was something that everybody just kind of gravitated towards, you right. know, and, it, you know, it was it was a really like I said, it was a, it was a tough decision. But and was this in, in that year, was it uh, fully funded by yourself? Mm-hmm. Did you? And so you pretty much invested in your own yeah. I, vision. And, and I took go. all of my resources, which at the time was well, maybe $30,000. You I see was, how you said that $30,000? Right? That was everything I had, though. You right, know? So right. I was like, let's, like, let me. You know how many people don't say, don't even have $30,000 in the bank? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm well aware. I have been that person who doesn't have that. Like, a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but... I literally took it all. Oh, all right, this is what we're going to do. So I started putting deposits down on venues. And I'm like, I'm just going to go balls to the wall with this and and figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I, have, I have very smart people around me and like people who are willing to work and like people who are willing to grow with this. So I'm like, all right, let's go. And 2016, like was probably the most fruitful year of my life. Not financially. Um, financially, it was great. But just the learning that I did, mm. you know, like I've always been a leader, like, you know, like I was the captain on all my sports teams, things that had in my class, all that fun stuff. But I never had to lead a group of adults, mm. you know, and these are very, very dynamic people with very, very interesting personalities. And they're your friends. And they're too, my friends. Versus which, people you work with. Right. That exactly. You can people that you can the two. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, just being able to do that in 2016 like i just grew as a person like immensely and that was kind of like really turning me into the person that i am now Mm. i want to ask you about 
being that you built this with your friends and to kind of touch upon that, Mm -hmm. you know, I would, I want to say the brotherhood, but there is a female um, photographer in the group. So we ain't going to shout outs to the female. (laughs) Shout out to Reeve. Right. Um, But how is it, uh, how has that dynamic impacted you into becoming the man and who you are now Mm -hmm. from a business standpoint, but also from who you want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, the type of man that you want Mm -hmm. to kind of lead um, by example. I think um, for me with, with my particular group of friends, um, we're kind of doing it the hard way at this point. Right. Because they always say you can't do business with your friends. Mm -hmm. I understand why you, why people would say that. But for me, when we started, it wasn't business. You know, like it was literally a good time. You right. Know, we just want to have fun. We, we oh, now we're we're happening to be putting something together, or as they say, you're now curating an experience. So I was like, all right, I guess we should get paid and do stuff. So everything was just natural, like that. It was a natural maturation. But I think what what allowed us to like withstand everything right. is our honesty with each other. And um, I am very big on accountability mm. across the board. Like, and for me as a leader, you, you shouldn't ask someone something that you wouldn't do or something that you wouldn't be willing to do. So I don't ask people anything that I wouldn't do myself. I don't ask for any effort that I wouldn't give myself. If I'm giving a hundred percent, I expect you to give a hundred percent. Right. If I'm giving 50, you can, you can give 50 as well. Right. But so for me, I think the turning point in just doing it with my friends is I always, like they're all super duper talented individuals, but I think what I'm able to provide for everyone is just clarity and direction, you know? And, right. and because like you can have a bunch of like talents, ideas, or you just need to know how to place them and where to put them. And, you know, and I've, I've, I've been blessed with an eye for talent and just kind of a communication style where I feel like I can relate to anybody like, I feel like I've been through so much and I've done so much and I've experienced so much at a relatively young age that I'm able to really, like, identify with my people. Like, I'm in tune with my people all the time. Like, I want to know everything. Like, how's your family? Like, right. what's your love life like? Like, you know, how's how's work? You know, like, what what's going on? You know, are you, are you eating well? Like, things like that. Like, just because for me, I think leading a group like this, I have to be in tune because if I'm not, things could go off the rails. Right. So, how do you define achievement? Mm-hmm. Being a man of achievement, mm-hmm. see what I did there. <laughs> I caught the reference. <laughs> how do you? <laughs> how do you define achievement? Being that in five years, right, mm-hmm. the measure of success has tripled. You yeah. know, from where you envision this. How do you define that? Um, as entering to your new partnership that has just formed, mm-hmm. what are your goals for seeing this partnership fully come to fruition? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I think the, my goal is to, um, actually one prove to myself that this is as good as I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, or as good as I know it to be. And I think for us, we're, we're literally in the position to shift culture. Right. 
we're in that position and you know that's i know a lot of people say that it's like a very cliche thing to say like culture is the most cliche word in the culture but um, everything is for the culture yeah everything now <laughs> which and none of it ever is right <laughs> but i think now um you know with kind of where we are we we did something for so long by ourselves you know self-made independent no no support from anyone except us you know and now actually being aligned with I think that's the important thing. We're aligned with a brand that speaks our language, you know, right. like they, they, the, the guy in charge is like who I grew up listening to, you know, so he gets it. And he, he also gets the struggle. He gets that glass ceiling. Like he's been there, you know, in several different places, you know, he's also been the guy at the other end of the table that they don't want to do business with. So for us, I just want to do right by them. And I think that what you're going to see long term. This is going to grow even more. Mm. And what that ends up being, who knows? Sky's the limit. Who knows what it ends up being. But my goal for this year is to do a completely sold out tour. Um, To change the conversation amongst the culture. Um, I, because I think that's very important. Mm. I think that we're we as people are more aware than we've ever been. Um, you know, I think the term is woke, <laughs> more woke <laughs> than we've ever been, you know, and so the, this is the time to change the conversation. And I just think it's very important that we support our own, we invest in our own, you know, and, and investment is anything. An investment is time, an investment is money, yeah. an investment is, you know, care. Whatever. So for us, it's important now to do it because I think our voice is the most powerful but sometimes it's um it's a little quiet you know sometimes it can it can get lost you know but i feel like we have the most powerful voice and we we've proven we have the most powerful dollar so if we Clearly. can start if we can start adjusting that conversation and just skewing it more so and like and we're we're a very small part of that picture right mm -hmm. but it it can start in small places you know and if we're able to start a conversation beyond that of doing for ourselves and you can do this for yourself too if you mm -hmm. have the right you know support system you have the right things around you so i think that's the bigger that's the right. bigger conversation is like just just changing that and like the way brands talk to us and the yeah. way that brands deal with us well another key important thing that i wanted to ask you is how has timing played in a, a, a critical role yes in this uh successful partnership yeah it's <laughs> timing is everything mm -hmm. and you know that's another cliche statement but usually cliches are true right. so like timing is absolutely everything because we we approached this conversation with Doucet two years ago mm. and you know we, we thought we were hot shit we we're like yo let's do this and we went in the office um and met with them they were gung-ho obviously about it because they didn't have anything of that scale oh they haven't had anything of that scale until now so they were like all right let's get it done what's the number and it was just like this is my first time negotiating for me like mm. i've i've done it maybe a hundred times for esquire you know i've 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 built out million dollar you know programs and and sold them through and done it like you know gotten a little more out of the client but this one was for me so i'm like hmm it's a loaded question. Like, what do we need to to make this work? You know, so the first time when we did it, we came back with an astronomical number because our mind just wasn't in the right place. We were like, yo, you want this? Buy us out. Right. You know, and like, 
and then that was that was two years ago. So obviously they they passed, and I just kept the relationship. I just kept the relationship with Lenny S. It's my guy forever and ever and ever. And I was like, we, we just we we went we went off. We we didn't feel away. We just did our thing. And this year, maybe in July. I was like, yo, man, we need to reapproach that conversation. Mm. And my partner was like, why? Like, what, what, why now? And was, I was like, have you not listened to 444? Right. Have you not, like, been listening to anything Jay-Z's been saying? Like, listen, through that entire run. And then, you know, I watched his Rap Radar interview. And I'm just like, Yeah. And like, and he was already a fan of what we were doing. So I was just like, let's 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 make this happen. And I think for us, we realized that we did have the power to change the conversation because I was nervous. I was like, damn, what are we gonna call it? And then right, because everybody's mm-hmm. known as Henny Palooza, right? And like Henny Palooza is like an iconic thing, you know, at this point. So I'm like, shit, do I, do I change it to, to say something else? I was like, and then <clears throat> excuse me, I took a trip mm-hmm. to to L.A. And I just thought about it. I smoked some weed while I was out there. And I just thought about it. And I was like, fuck that. We're going to call it Duce Palooza because people, one, need to identify with it. Like, you know, because if we go out and say it's some, something completely new. It's like, like, is it something different? Right. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, but we needed you to know that, yes, we are taking out Henny and we are putting Duce. And like, we're literally supporting those now who support us. And again, that's no indictment to, to Hennessy at all, but it was important for me that we be aligned and the timing of it couldn't have been better. The messaging couldn't have been better. And it was just like, like I, I was so nervous. Like I've been sitting on this for months and <laughs> we announced it. I was probably the most nervous man in America. I'm like, fuck. How are people gonna respond to this? Well, How I saw you were saying on Twitter, like, I don't know if they ready. Yeah, I, don't I, was, know. <laughs> I was just like, and in my because in my mind, like those are the things, like those are the moments, right? And I'm in my living room, like sweating. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just let it fly. Put it out there and then put let the phone down, right? Yep. <laughs> put the phone down, went and took a shower. I'm like, and then, you know, phone's blowing up. And I'm just like, okay. And everything I'm reading is positive. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then literally as I'm reading, I saw nothing negative. And I'm just like, and you know, it's it's social media. Everybody got something to say about something. And I'm just like, so so everybody's with it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. And I'm like, okay. So it wasn't the Henny. It was us. And I'm like, okay. And then from there, I was like, fuck it, man. Let's just put the tickets out. And so we we did everything. We introduced the site, and I was I was elated. Like I'm still on a high from that because that day we started changing the conversation. Because all of a sudden, people are like, wait, why wasn't Hennessy supporting you? I'm like, well, I mean, I've always, I mean, people have always have said it. Like, mm-hmm. I still can't believe mm-hmm. that Hennessy hasn't got on board no sen- with it's, y'all. It's the easiest thing ever. And so to when you release the partnership mm-hmm. and to know like, yes, black owned mm-hmm. for us, by us mm-hmm. and brand alignment is key. Like this mm-hmm. is self-made. You have 
Jay Z, who is self made, mm-hmm. and then bringing this empire. It was mm-hmm. like the perfect mm-hmm. partnership to align at the right time. Yeah. To your point about timing, so. yeah. And he he said the same thing um, when we spoke. Uh, we spoke at the brunch, and you know we we got to talk for like five minutes, and he was just like, "Yo, man, we wanted to get this done years ago." But he was like, I don't think the timing could be better, though. He was like, you you guys took off after that initial meeting. And he was like, you know, Duce is doing really, really well. He's like, so, you know, I think it's now it's time to, like, make a monster. I was like, absolutely. And, you know, that was kind of surreal. My fucking idol telling me that in my face. Like, as, right. I'm, as I'm sweating, my palms are sweaty. It's crazy. And I'm just like, yo, like. And just that moment, I'm like, yo, he gets it. Like he really gets it. Like he's his his intelligence is supremely underrated. But like I was like, he gets it. And like this is gonna be perfect for me. I was like this is and this is just like the start of it. Like we're literally scratching the surface of our capabilities. Absolutely. And so now it's it, it's gonna get really interesting really quickly. And that's a testament to that you never know who's watching. Yep. And you even though the timing might not align, that continue what do you do? When it's a no for now, mm-hmm. not necessarily as a no forever, mm-hmm. but just for right now. Do you, you know, how do you let that affect, affect yeah. you? How do you react to that? And, you know, you guys kept pushing forward mm-hmm. and kept doing what you were doing. And so to see that partnership align at such a perfect time, mm-hmm. like I feel like black excellence is mm-hmm. on an all time high. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's about the shift. Like yeah. we, we, you know, we just getting started, but yeah. it's truly about the shift. And I don't know if America's ready for it. They'll get ready. I don't know, you know, but exactly. They will get ready. That all black everything. Mm -hmm. It's just. Mm -hmm. It's It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's true. So another, you know, thing that I started to notice Mm -hmm. is that you are. In in love, can I am. I, can, can I, can I, you know, I safe to say. You know, safe to say, you are now in love. Not only, you know, have you your your passion has truly, you know, met it has aligned mm-hmm. at the right time, but now also your love life yeah. is aligning. And so, let's talk about alignment. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Let's get we to alignment. This is my favorite thing to talk about. Like alignment. Okay. <laughs> like how? Like. Because you're on tour, right, yes. all the time, yes. and and of course, as an individual, we have these goals that mm-hmm. we set for ourselves. Like, oh, I want to be in love. Like you said, mm-hmm. your parents been married for what 40, 41 mm-hmm. 40 years. years. So, like, you want love, you want to find that, but you're also hustling mm-hmm. and you're building your brand. So, how how let's talk about the alignment. How does this all align oh, for you? It's crazy. Um, I met her. Actually, at the very first um, Henny Palooza we did in L.A. Okay. So I met her, and it was a very quick intro. I said some slick shit. <laughs> she um, she laughed it off, whatever, whatever, right? So naturally, I jumped into the DMs, and it was we played that game back and forth for a while. And, you know, I, I, I go see her. She, she'd come see me. Um, but you know, there was never like a consistent, consistent thing. And then, um, this past year, she literally was like, yo, I'm going, I'm going to be there for three months because mm. she lives in LA. Okay. So she was like, I'm going to be there for three months. Um, I'm going to work and do this, but, but she's like, I want to see you a lot. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so as like the craziness of my life is happening, mm-hmm. Um, she's just like the steady the entire time. And I was like, 
oh, this is what that's like. Mm. Like there's, when I tell you there's so much balance now, mm. and that is something that I've never had in my life. Like, you know, I've, I've been in love before. Like I've, I've been in healthy relationships, but she just adds so much to what I do. And like to my, cause like we, we live in two completely different worlds. Right. So, um, you know, she's in education. So just me being able to like spew out all my, my problems, my issues, my frustrations. And like, she has that skill that my mom has. She just makes mm-hmm. everything simple. Right. Like, because, you know, in, we, we overthink everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody does in their own way, but she just like, she simplifies everything. She like, and the the best part about it with everything that I have going on, she could care less. <laughs> like she could care less. Like I could I could be, you know, I could be working in sanitation, and she'd be like, "I love this." Nigga. Like, right? You know. So for me, it's just been the balance, and I think that God has this way of kind of putting all of these things in some type of an order, you mm-hmm. know, and not not to get overly religious but i just i'm a believer in again alignment and timing because who's to say i would even be ready for something like that right two years ago you know when i wasn't you know because i was i was you know running the streets doing my thing but it came at the perfect time literally like okay and then because i would always tell my mom she's like you should settle down I'm like when it's time, time when it's time and it's like well if it's the right woman, it'll be time. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I, I understood, like, you know, kind of both sides of it. But, yeah, it's it's literally been bliss, you know. Like, um, she's the brightest part of my day. Okay. Um, I, I look forward to talking to her every day, you know, which is weird for me because I don't really like talking on the phone and, like, mm. things that I hate that shit. But we, we make sure we uh, – I. I'm in LA all the time. Right. You know, so it, it, it works. It's long distance isn't the best, but um we we've we've made it work. Um But that's built a uh for you, not liking to communicate now, you've expanded mm-hmm. in a skill set or mm-hmm. an area where you would have never done mm-hmm. before. And then you also identify to your point that simplicity is something that you need yeah. in your chaotic yeah. you know, lifestyle yeah. of ripping and running. 100%. So um it's interesting because you you don't know the factors of what you need in a person until mm, they give them to exactly. you and you're like, oh, this exactly that thing. This is what I needed. Exactly. I didn't. I, I never knew how to articulate that when I right. was d- dating. It's just like I just know this is not mm-hmm. it, right? Or forms of there's parts of you that's it, but like mm-hmm. it's not. There's something that I feel like I'm still missing in that other partner, and so it's interesting that you you can now clearly identify those yeah. factors. Yeah, like, and it's it's been. It's been such a, like, really, like, it's been a dope learning experience Mm -hmm. for me. Like, because through, like, being with her, I've learned so much about myself. Right. You know, and I'm like, shit. Like, because there was a point when I was like, can I even be that compassionate for another person? You know, like, can I, am I willing to be, like, completely selfless? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it's everything has just been yeah, like yeah. everything's like so I, simple now. I'm just like okay, like I'll say some crazy shit. Like I'll be like, yeah, I want to do this. She's like, okay, like let's do it. I'm like, all right. Well, you, they you said cool? love doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't. 
it doesn't. And that was my my thing, my problem, you know, because we all have like these ideas of like what we want, right? Right. You know, like, yo, I, I would never, you see it all the time on social media. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I would never. never. And, and, and then you find yourself like, and it'll be, it'll be right in front of your face too. And that's the crazy thing. But you'll be so, you're so enamored in oh everything my God. else in life. The, that is like the, I guess you say cliche thing. Yeah. Like, it's right in front of you. It, it could be somebody. And it's like, where they at though? Yeah, like, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm literally in my phone. Like I'm talking to to Raven. You know, one of my best friends. And I'm like, yo, like this girl, that girl, this girl, that girl. She's like, but you talking to this one? Like, why yeah. you you don't talk about? Her? I'm like, nah, but she she in L. A. Like, I, I want I want babies. Like, I want all like don't dismiss what God is continuously to right place there. right in front of you, right there. Like, and I was like, and as and now, like. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck was I doing this whole time? But apparently I was getting myself ready. He was getting you ready. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I'm trying to tell you I'm aligning these things. Mm-hmm. I need you to trust mm-hmm. what I'm putting in front of you at the time when I put it in front mm-hmm. of you. There's something so powerful about just having that support, mm-hmm. like that constant support. Like I, I have somewhere I can I can go for anything. So are you? So we we planning to 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 go to LA, stand New York? Cause you know, long distance is hard. It's tough. It's, it's very tough. Um, with we've been talking about our living arrangement. Um, probably do the bi coastal thing. I'm I'm way to New York to just up and leave New York. <laughs> um, but we we've talked about it. Like maybe summers in the city. Um, you know the weather out there is gorgeous usually yes. year round. So probably do winters and stuff out there we've talked about the kids thing we talked about marriage and even those like heavy conversations have been relatively simple right it didn't feel heavy no it didn't it was like oh okay cool so you would it yeah cool and then it was just like we, we started talking about sports <laughs> like, <something laughs> right. so it's yeah so I'm, I'm thinking uh probably i'm gonna test out the bi-coastal thing at the end of this year so i'll probably yeah. go out in the fall and um, hang out there for a while. I got a ton of stuff to do in LA anyway. So, right. um, you know, especially with this play now. So I think that, um, yeah, yeah. I, I could be, I could be a California resident pretty soon. A lot of black love is going on in our community. Yeah. Even though it seemed far and few like a year ago. Let's yeah. be clear. Like a year ago, that thing seemed <laughs> very far and few. And now it's like, you know, I'm like Charles. I'm yeah. like, everybody's like, yeah. Okay. Shout out to Charles too. I was just with him. Yeah, I'm like yes, black love. Yes, you know, and I guess I guess Jay Z with the four 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 let everybody know Mm -hmm. it's okay to be vulnerable and open and and being too much your emotions. And I feel like guys are now going from like that season of, and I'm not saying I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you. I'm saying just men in general going from that season of fuck boy to faithful or clank boy with whoever they've been dealing with. And I mean, it's a it's a great transition mm-hmm. because I mean, when we empower each other, yep, as black men and black women, mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing the type of feats that we can overcome. A thousand percent as as a unit. A thousand percent versus versus separate. So like, I'm so happy that you um have found black love Thank and you. that everything is aligning for you. Thank I you. want to um kind of close out the conversation with mm-hmm. asking you. What are your three kind of, what are Kim's three keys to success? Okay. Um, three keys. Um, the first and probably the most important thing um, is something that I got from my very first football coach. Mm. 
And he said, in whatever you do, just be consistent. Yes. He was like, just be consistent, whatever it is. He was like, you, you may not be even good at it. You know, you may, you may be terrible at it, but be consistent and you'll get better. He was like, if you, he was like, the best thing you can do is show up every single day. So consistency, I'd say second is, um, stay even. Don't get too mm-hmm. low. Don't get too high. Like, just keep everything appropriate. Celebrate when you win, you know, analyze when you lose mm. and, you know, move on. But I don't ever get hung up on anything, you know, because there's too much happening and there's too much living to be doing for you to be hung up on stuff. Mm. And I guess third would be. Hmm. I'm, I'm tall in between two. Go ahead, you can get four. Four, 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 right? (laughs) You can get four for that. Go ahead. I'd say, okay, so then on top of that, I would say to be adaptive. Mm. You know, um, there's no, we're living in a time now where nothing really has definition, right? Like everything is loose. Like your job, you, you, you get hired for one thing, you end up doing 10 different things, you know? You you walk into a situation thinking it's one way and it turns out being a, a completely different way. And I think for most people now, what you're what you're learning and what you're seeing is that the most successful people are the most adaptive people. Like get with the times. And if things mm-hmm. are changing, you should if you're adaptive, you're usually at the forefront of the change as opposed to right. catching up to it. So I would always say be adaptive. Um, you know, be in tune. Be in tune with what's going on around you. And lastly, um, do right by people. Word. Do right by people. Like, and, you know, do your best just to be good to people. And it'll always come back to you. You know, like I've, Simple. I learned, I learned that the, the hard way, you know, when I wasn't. And I think now, like, cause you go, you're, you're going to get out whatever you put in. Mm. Like, whatever that is, you're going to get out whatever you put in. So if you, if you work, if you're working your ass off and you're nice to people, and you know you're doing smart things and you're just doing good things good things will come back to you it may not be tomorrow it may not be next week but it's going to come back to you so like everything you know every action has a reaction so be good to people word those are some four major keys to success people (laughs) cam gave it to you (laughs) utilize it wisely but i usually end off an episode with a quote and so I usually research based off of the guest's fear and come up with a quote, but something stood out to me as we were having email communication. So mm-hmm. I thought to once again, use another cam, uh, <laughs> you know, quotable, but yeah. if, uh, you, if you ever, you know, get an email for camera to business cam, there is a quote at the bottom of his signature that says, treat everything like your first project. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that quote, I feel like it's encompassing of your fear because it's like if you treat everything like your first project, there's no way you can't reach your potential, exactly. right? And actually, so I was like, oh, exactly. this is like, come on, alignment in time. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what a quote. But <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was thank fun. Thank you so much for joining the Fearless Kid podcast. Um, I hope fun. everyone is having a happy Fearless Friday. It's your girl, Fearless Kia. Cam, thank you so much. Thank you. And we out.